Beyond the Ball, fueling your faith and family through sport. Welcome to the Beyond the Ball podcast with Coach Eric Klump and Coach Justin Gersten. Welcome back to Beyond the Ball podcast with your host, Eric Klump. I'm Justin Gersten. Coach Klump, how are you doing this week? Very well, very well. Hey, uh, welcome back from vacation, my man. It's great to hear from you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, great to be back. My uh, family took a nice little one-week hiatus up to the Adirondack Mountains, which for people in western New York knows just a short little three-hour trip. My father owns a place up there, so we were able to escape away with some friends for a week and just got back this past weekend, so we're excited to be back and maybe looking forward to the start of school. How's your week been? Okay, good. You know, um, with the with the uncertainty of when our local gym gyms will be opening up, uh, I've just kind of been working out in my back pole barn to try to create myself a uh, own little gym and a workout area because it's just it's great for my wellness and it's just been too long. So a- anything right now is is a blessing. So that's what I've been working on. Nice. That's exciting. That's exciting. Any celebrations this week? Anything stand out? Yeah, just, you know, I, I mentioned this earlier in one of our podcasts, a celebration for those small businesses, you know, the larger corporations, the Walmarts, the Amazons, they're, they're, they've been good to go this whole COVID shutdown, but it's been the small businesses that have had to make the modifications, have had to go through the restrictions and to see them now being very creative um, either having dining areas outside, um, delivery options. So I'm just really, um, my celebration's out to those small businesses, those entrepreneurs who have been going through so much. So shout out to them. Yeah, what a great celebration. I think for me, one of the biggest things that as we move closer, we're taping this here in Western New York a couple of weeks out from the start of school, about maybe a month actually, give or yeah. take. And we are now starting to hear from our administrators what the school reopening plan is going to look like. And so by the time this podcast probably airs, you know, things we're saying here might be obsolete. But my celebration goes out back to those administrators who and parents who are just trying to plan and trying to organize some sort of schedule so their kids have some sort of normalcy more even specifically the parents because they i think they want some sort of plan so that their kids can have a quality schooling experience and so they're definitely i was just at my son's soccer game tonight and a bunch of parents because i work at the school came up and asked me you know what's the plan what are we doing and um, they're getting nervous about it because we're getting a little bit closer to yeah. school. So celebration to all those parents that are a little bit anxious, a little bit um, yeah, anxi- uncertain, anxiety ridden um, for, for what they're trying to do to plan around work. And especially those families with larger numbers of children. I know we have four in my house. So just trying to get all four people plus my wife and I, six people on the same page is just a little bit stressful. So shout out to them. So what do you got in terms of a verse for us this week, Coach? Okay, so um, I went to Luke twelve fifteen. Very simple. Beware. Guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. I, you know, I always think to myself, for those that are out there um, that have received such blessings just to do what they love to do, you know, for myself, teaching and coaching has always provided me with so much wellness. 
So I'm, I'm just bursting with this gratitude that this is what I get to do for God's kingdom and allows my gifts um, to serve others in a variety of, of ways. And, and to me, um, that's what makes, makes life worth living, you know. So I, I'm trying to put not measure my, my worth by how much I own. So that's what, that's what was on my heart. Yes, I love that verse. I love that verse. We have that conversation with our children all the time. And to be honest, I've had a little bit of stress about maybe that same thought this week is new opportunities are making themselves available. I'm not going to share any of those right now, but new opportunities for my wife and I. And there's been a little bit of stress in our house wondering if those opportunities are going to come to fruition, if we're going to be able to take advantage of them or not. And we actually just had a really nice conversation in the car on the way home about just letting uh, letting God do his thing. Yeah. And we've prepared, you know, I, we've done the best we can to get ready for those opportunities. And whether or not we get those chances is kind of out of our control. So uh, we just have to be thankful for what we have and continue to serve in whatever role we're given. So I love that verse. Yeah, I well love said, that verse. Coach, well said. So tonight we have Coach Rupp on uh, from Lancaster Central School. The legends. The, the legends, the head football coach of the legends. And uh, you want to give us a little bit of background before we bring, bring Coach Rupp in? Yeah, because I'm excited. Last time that we had a football guy on our podcast, big things happened with Coach Hogan. So uh, maybe it's good karma. So uh, we're going to be speaking tonight to Eric Rupp, Coach Rupp of the Lancaster Legends. Um, he's been coaching at the varsity level at Lancaster in his alma mater from 2016. And in those years, he's got an overall record of 39-7. and seven. And Coach Rupp, in, in those four years, has been selected the Western New York Large School Coach of the Year in all four of those years, winning sectional championships all four of those years. And in 2019, he was selected as the Buffalo Bills Coach of the Year. So um, a lot of great knowledge to gain from from our conversation with Coach Rupp, and I'm excited to talk to him. Yeah, me as well. Young young coach, uh, doing really good things with that Lancaster program here in Western New York, and starting to grow that brand a little bit out. We've always had some pretty solid football programs here in Western New York, especially on the you know private school, Catholic school side of the ball. Um, but he's doing such an amazing job here on the public school side, too. I can't wait to give uh, him an opportunity to share with us some of his thoughts, some of his philosophies um, on coaching and on life, how he's, how he's keeping balance with uh, him growing his family and his career as well. So we're going to come back. We're going to break here really quick, uh, let our sponsors do their thing. And when we come back, we'll have Coach Rupp from Lancaster Central School. All right, let's go. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond the Ball with Justin Gerstung and Eric Klump on the Hoopheads Pod Network. Our roster of shows includes Thrive with Trevor Huffman, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Bleachers and Boards, and our latest release, Players Court with Joseph Harris. If you're an NBA fan, be sure to catch one of our new team-focused shows, Cavalier Central with Justin Matcham, Nuck If You Buck with Devin Zanskis, and Grizz and Grind with Elijah Campbell. We'll be adding more NBA markets in the weeks and months ahead, so keep up with our latest updates on Twitter, at Pod. 
I'd love for you to check out our flagship, the Hoop Heads Podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel. The go-to podcast for basketball coaches at any level. Now let's get back to Justin and Eric. All right, guys, we're back to Beyond the Ball with Coach Eric Rupp from the Lancaster Legends. Coach Rupp, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Oh, we're doing well. Happy to finally get you on and not have all those technical difficulties. Yeah. Um, it's good to have you on. Coach Klump, want to get him, get us started? Yeah, Coach. Um, thanks for coming on. And I was, I was reading your resume here. Um, 39 and 7 and four straight uh, sectional championships. Um, you know, me just being, I, I work on the JV level. Um, do, is, do you feel that at the four years into this program, you had in this ship that you have uh, the Lancaster Legends, that you have that culture established um, with this program? Yeah, um, you know, it, it, it took a lot of hard work when we took over, but I, I kind of stepped into the perfect storm. Um, you know, I think everybody knows who Len Jankowitz and Joe Foyle are, and, um, you know, they established a, an amazing tradition um, before, long before I was even born. Um, so stepping in to take over a program like that, um, on top of that, the, the community of, of Lancaster has been so supportive. Uh, we have a lot of alumni um, that support us as well. Awesome school administration. Um, I was able to assemble a great coaching staff that's really shared the same vision as, as myself. And uh, I can't really say enough about these kids. Uh, these kids have, have bought in since day one and and they work just as hard as anybody in Western New York. Hey, Coach, if I could just tag on to that right there. When you – this podcast, Beyond the Ball, is talking a lot about, you know, maybe not necessarily the X's and O's, but before we get to all that, when you're talking about building a staff at a school yeah. your size, you're one of the largest schools in Western New York, mm-hmm. you know, what what is that process like for you? Um, how much say do you get in that? Because we're Eric – and I are at, we have small schools and sometimes we're struggling just to get, you know, a, a pulse to walk through the door to help us out. <laughs> Two you know? or three guys on varsity, yeah. JV. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what's, what's that process like for you to kind of keep that culture and that vision going? Yeah. So, um, you know, the interview process itself is, is, is pretty typical. Um, but then the interview, uh, we, we typically do them all in one day and it's, it's you know, 15, 20 minute chunks and uh, it, it's intense. I remember when I got interviewed for the head coaching job, it was in front of a panel of about 12 individuals, wow. um, administrators, board members, other varsity coaches. And like literally I was in the hot seat. I Even when I <laughs> right. interviewed for a teaching job, it, it wasn't that intense. Um, right. But, you know, the way that we do it is is a much scalar, uh, much smaller scale for uh, an assistant job. It's typically myself, the athletic director, uh, an administrator, and, and maybe another uh, varsity coach if they're available. So um, what kind of relationship do you have with your JV and modified coaches? Yeah, so the first thing is, you know, I want to I wanna hire great people. Um, role models are, are so important in, in today's culture. Um, that's the first thing I look for. Uh, the second thing is, is work ethic. Um, I feel that anybody can learn X's and O's, but you can't necessarily, you know, teach an adult, uh, how to be a great role model and and how to work hard because, you know, that's, that's pretty much already established. Um, but, um, 
I will say, you know, one of the things that we did is we established uh, a culture all the way from Little League up to varsity. Um, we have totally vertically aligned football in the town of Lancaster um, so that even the kids that are, you know, eight, nine, ten years old, they're running a very similar version of our offense and defense. And it, it's really been a seamless transition um, from Little League to Modified. We have freshman football, JV football, and then varsity football. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely a tremendous uh, concept. I know it's very difficult to do that in all communities. Um, the relationship building that you must be able to foster with those Little League programs, were they really accepting of you guys coming down and trying to show the way? Because I know not every community is like that. Yeah, um, you know, there's there's always going to be a little resistance. You know, people are volunteering their time for free. They don't like, you know, a varsity coach coming down and making suggestions. I get that. Um, but, you know, a lot of times um, the Little League coaches in Lancaster are former players. Um, okay. So they, you know, there is a relationship piece there. Either, you know, it's a guy that maybe I played with or, uh, you know, someone who, who played for Coach Jankowitz. So, you know, the end result is, you know, we want to see these kids, you know, be successful on varsity. Yeah, no doubt about it. Coach, um, I, I know that you had the opportunity to spend some time with Mark Kelso, who was a yeah. um, legendary Buffalo Bill and mm -hmm. in the Western New York area known for, you know, being a part of those Super Bowls. So what can you tell us about that experience? Yeah, you know, Mark is, is one of the best people I've ever met. Um, I was 23 years old when I started coaching. I, I didn't know much about anything. And, you know, this guy who played in the NFL for a long time, played in four Super Bowls, uh, he talked to me as a, as if I was, you know, a totally equal peer. Uh, I can remember going over to his house and, you know, breaking down film with him. And, you know, more importantly, he, he taught me, you know, how to, how to teach kids. Um, I initially did not want to get into education. I, I kind of walked into that job as part of an internship. I was getting my first master's degree in sports administration from Canisius. And uh, I just kind of took that job as on a whim. And, uh, you know, Mark kind of pushed me. He's like, listen, you know, he's, he's like, you're making a difference in these kids' lives. Uh, I really think you should consider being a teacher. Um, so I I listened to him because he's a pretty smart guy and uh, I went back to school and, and got my teaching certification. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. I, I think I have a very similar journey. Like I did not go to college initially looking to be a teacher and I had a very similar experience where I had a former coach and then advisor just be like, what you could do in a classroom and on a court or on a football field for kids is just Absolutely amazing, especially when, you know, you love the game. I think that's one of the things when I watch you coach and things I've read and the same thing with Coach Klump and myself is just when you love sports so much, you just want to share that with, you know, younger kids and that, that passion and those connections and relationships are just absolutely overwhelming. So, Coach, in addition to, you know, Coach Kelso, anybody else – in your career really be what were they really a mentor for you in terms of like developing your um, personality and your work ethic and things of that nature? Yeah. Um, 
I've been very blessed no matter where I've played or coached. I've been around some amazing mentors. Um, I can think back to my days of playing Little League football. Um, my two favorite coaches were my dad and uh, Scott Zip. Um, I'm not sure if you guys know Coach Zip, but he's a very successful varsity coach at Chictawaga, and he's also the principal there. So he's one of the guys that made me fall in love with the game. And then, you know, I was very fortunate to play three years of varsity football for Coach Jankowitz, which, you know, Coach Jankowitz is just an amazing human being. Um, and, you know, he, he just taught me so much. I, I could talk for the next two hours about all the life lessons Coach Jankowitz um, had taught us. But, you know, it it's really like, you know, I try to take a little bit from each coach that I've been around and, and mold it and make it my own. And, and um, but I would say, you know, Coach Coach Zip, my dad, Mr. Kelso, and, and Coach Jankowitz were probably the four biggest influences on my coaching career. Coach, you spent you started out on JV. Um, at what time during that process were you like, all right, I, I believe I'm confident in my abilities. I'm gonna I'm gonna give this varsity thing a shot. When, when did that happen? Right away, or does it? Um, I think it was really my third year coaching JV. Uh, my first year we went like eight and two and then we were like four and four. And then my last year we went like nine and oh, and, uh, we had a really talented group of kids. Um, you know, we had this running back named Zach Samborski. We had the LG Castillo kid who a lot of people know he got drafted by the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, so I, I moved up with those guys and, and then we just, we just kind of kept it going. But, um, it was really cool to be with those guys. Uh, you know, I was with some of them for all four years of their high school career. Um, so, so that first class of kids in 2016 was really uh, very influential in, in getting the culture going that I wanted to establish. Yeah, I find that, you know, a lot of times that happens when you're coaching JV at the school you take over from, for as the varsity coach. Coach Klump, I think, had a similar experience, and so did I. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of my, you know, I would say maybe best athletes slash players of all time, I had him from the time he was in eighth grade till the time he was a senior, and it just worked out that, you know, when it was time for the, the varsity coach to move on, who was one of my mentors as well, it just kind of happened that you have these group, this group of hardworking kids um, for that whole four-year experience. It's just a really cool experience. And if you're anything like me, those kids are probably texting you, calling you still. Uh, some of those kids, for me, I was in their wedding. It's just an unbelievable opportunity and experience. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, uh, yesterday, I went to uh, go watch two of them play uh, Muni baseball. So, uh, you know, we, we still stay in touch. And, uh, you know, I'm just very fortunate to be a part of their lives. Yeah, absolutely. So, Coach, one of the things, and we kind of already just did the first one um, that we do with all our guests, is an activity called the three H's, uh, hero, hardship, and a highlight. And you kind of just gave us your heroes, I think, with your mentors. But what about a hardship? What's something that's maybe um, set you back a little bit in your time as a coach? It could be on the field. It could be personally that you've had to like battle through and persevere through and this has helped you grow as a person and as a coach, anything come to mind? Yeah, I think right now in the present is definitely the hardest situation that I've ever um, experienced as a coach. Absolutely. Um, you know, two things, uh, you know, I'll talk about the COVID thing second, but um, 
on Father's Day, I lost my dad. And, you know, that was, uh, it was really tough on me. You know, my dad was my best friend. He was my first coach. Um, He had stage four pancreatic cancer. And, you know, just to kind of watch him, you know, battle that over the last year and a half was was really tough. Um, So, you know, the last, you know, six weeks or so, uh, it hasn't been easy for me, but I think I'm, I'm finally starting to get into a, a good place now and, and hopefully we can get back to some sort of normalcy soon. Um, but, but yeah, the COVID thing is, is, is tough because, you know, I look at it as a father and, you know, I want to be sensitive to the issue that, you know, there's been 160,000 deaths in this country. I, ha- I have two kids under the age of five and, you know, me mm-hmm. and my wife are trying to figure out, you know, what's best for our daughter who's going to be in kindergarten this year. Do we right. send her to school a couple of days? Do we keep her home and teach her online? Um, you know, but then the coach in me is like, you know, if, if you look at the data, you know, New York state's in a pretty good spot, you know, with, with 1% infection rate and, you know, mortality rate for people under the age of 30 is, is extremely low. So, um, you know, I, I can watch baseball and people play lacrosse, but, you know, I, I can't work out with my team. Uh, it, it's been tough missing that interaction, right? Because I think a lot of good coaches, you know, you don't coach for wins and losses. You, you coach for the relationships and the ability to make difference in, in kids' lives. And, and that's really hard to do through a virtual setting. Yeah, well said. I mean, uh, you look at coaching in general. We spend so much time with the guys or girls um, in the summertime. And those kids that are moving up from JV or moving up from modified and and building those relationships and it's like is very well said like it's so tough to do uh, virtually. Um, I know it, it said that here in New York State we're supposed to we're, we're pushed back to what September twenty first, Coach. Yeah, that's correct. Now, if you're you know according to your gut, do you do you believe that we're, you're going to start on September twenty first? Do you believe that um, we're going to be pushed back to March? I want, you know, I'm always a glass half full guy. I want to say, yeah, but, you know, I'm just looking at what happened with, you know, college football today and, and all, you know, a lot of the power five schools and conferences are, are canceling and even UB is, is postponed. So, you know, I think that there's going to be a trickle down effect and that, and I think we're headed to the spring. Yeah. I think that's the hardest part, right? Is when we're talking about high school athletes, you know, you kind of take your cues from what the colleges do. Maybe not the pros, because that's a whole nother level of, you know, money and safety that they can provide for their athletes. So, yeah, Coach, I'm in the same boat with you. I mean, I would, I want sports to start so bad. I just had a conversation with my kids tonight. My daughter's going to be a freshman, and she's talking about soccer and trying to do her preseason conditioning so she's ready and. My son's looking for forward to modified sports. He's going in the seventh, and they just they want to get back with their friends. They're trying to get back into school, and they're missing that social piece, which we see, I think, on a more you know intense level when it's part of athletics. But just even kids being around that don't do athletics just need a little bit of social contact, and uh, it's going to be crazy. I, I'm interested to see. We had uh, Kenny Stolt, who you probably know, 
who's the head of Section 6 football, on with us a couple weeks ago. And he wouldn't spill the beans. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't spill the beans, but he did say that he, there's nothing more that he wants than yeah, he did. Trying, trying, to get, trying to get these teams like yourself and a lot of our other great programs in Western New York back playing. So uh, it's, we're, hoping, we're hoping for the best. Um, but, yeah, Coach, my condolences about your father, too. I yeah, know that absolutely. That's, uh, Sorry to hear that. That's a that's a tough tough loss. Fortunately, I have not had to experience that. Uh, my father's still alive, and it's uh, but it's I say all the time, and Coach Klump and I are pretty close. We say all the time that our family is probably the number one priority for us. And anytime you have a loss like that, uh, it's pretty pretty tough on the family. So our condolences there. Thank you. I appreciate it. So. The the last H, since we kind of fleshed out a hardship, what about a highlight? Something that uh, kind of sparked. And you're young, so you're you're you got a couple of championships in, under your belt, but you're still only 36. So any major highlights stick out for you? Things that have really uh, touched you? Yeah, I would say the the 2017 season as a whole. Um, you know, that was a year that. We made it all the way to the Carrier Dome and uh, played in the state championship. It was it was just an unbelievable experience. Um, you know, you hear people talk about it, but until you step on that floor and uh, get to experience it for yourself, it it's just totally uh, surreal. And uh, I know the game didn't end up how we had wanted it to, but um, you know, it, it's motivated me to to get back there one day. Yeah. Now looking back, did did you believe that your team? Had, had the horses to, to get there? Yeah, I did. Um, you know, our, our starting defense had, had given up, like, I believe one touchdown the first 10 weeks of the season. And uh, we just came off a, a really awesome game with Aquinas. We beat them 9 nothing, And then we had a, a back-and-forth game with CNS in the state semifinals. And, um, you know, I, I didn't really think anybody could beat us, but uh, – uh, Troy had a couple of Division One athletes that uh, had a different opinion. Yeah, <laughs> that that always seems to be the case. I mean, not that I your championship runs have been outstanding to watch, but same boat, right? Coach Klump and I can think of that one game where you think you you got the team that is going to take you the whole way, and then you lose. And uh, usually, those teams go on to win, don't they? I know the team I'm thinking of. We uh, we lost it by six in a sectional championship game, and they went on to win the states. And it's like, oh, we had them. You had them. You're just so close. Yeah, the last four years we have either lost in the state playoffs to the state champion or the state runner up. So we've been we've been knocking on the door, and hopefully one of these years we're gonna break through. Yeah, for sure. So, coach, who do you um, who do you keep an eye on? And double A every single year. Who who is that team that you're always watching, seeing how they're doing, um, matching up with them? Who is that team here in West New York? You know, I, I think double A um, as a whole, top to bottom, is there's not just one team. It, it's so competitive. I mean, last year we went into the playoffs as the five seed. Um, oh wow! And that's we lost two games uh, by one point. And by virtue of tiebreakers, that made us the number five seed. Um, but but that just goes to show you how deep, you know, double A was. So, you know, I, I think it's like 
playing football in the SEC. Uh, hmm. Anybody can beat anybody on any given night. So you, you certainly don't take anybody for granted. And you got to prepare and, and have a great week of practice every single week if, if you want to be successful. Absolutely. So, Coach, we had some guys on to talk about Dick Gallagher a couple of weeks ago. Uh, did, what's your connection to to Mr. Gallagher? Yeah, Mr. Gallagher is like the godfather of Western New York football. Uh, I can remember as a player meeting him, and we always used to uh, wait every August for his newspaper, his, his season right. preview, to come out. Yeah, and, and <laughs> I we, remember that. We would go through, and we would read it, and we would highlight it. And, you know, I can remember me and one of my uh, fellow linebackers, Aaron Kosick, we would we would like, you know, that was gospel to us. If Mr. Gallagher thought that, you know, Jamestown's running back was supposed to be the best running back that year, uh, you know, we made sure all week long that, like, we were going to show him otherwise. And uh, right. it was definitely fun to look back on that. I still have all the newspapers. Um but, you know, as a coach, you know, Mr. Gallagher, you know, he, he just kind of appears on the sidelines in some of the big games. And um, I'll, I'll definitely miss talking to him at Media Day at, at uh, I don't know, maybe New Era Stadium, whatever it's called now. Um, we always did have some good conversations. And, uh, you know, he's just an, an amazing guy. And um, the Western New York community is, is definitely going to miss him. Coach, we had uh, Coach Beeline on. He's a head coach, basketball coach at NCCC, and we were talking about non-negotiables in practice and what creates this culture. And um, just could you share a couple of, of your, like, say, non-negotiables, what makes your, you know, your program, the Lancaster Legends, the Lancaster Legends? Yeah, the first thing is, is effort. Um, you know, I hardly ever raise my voice unless I – you know, the effort is lacking, uh, you know, that ha hasn't happened too often, but you know, I, to me, that's the biggest thing. Um, you know, practice is, is our sacred time. So if you're dealing something at home at school, you're, you know, dealing with girls, like you need to leave that behind you. And, and as soon as you cross that line on the practice field, that it, it, it's time to put in work. Uh, so to me, that's the big thing. And then and the other thing is, you know, academics, like I can assure you, if you're not doing the right thing in Lancaster High School, you are not going to play football for us on Friday night. And, um, you know, really proud of the fact that we've had 100 percent graduation rate the last um, four years. And we've had outstanding three of the last four valedictorians have played football uh, for the Legends. Yeah, that's incredible. That yeah, is it's impressive. That's amazing. Uh, as a spouse to another Lancaster teacher. I know the standards there are extremely high. So uh, kudos to you on that. Coach, one thing that really intrigues me about your program, given the size of your district, you know, Coach Klump and I coach at smaller districts. So our numbers are sometimes an issue or a challenge for you. What is your numbers like and how does that really drive the competition uh, on the football field? Yeah, for varsity, we've we're roughly um, about fifty every year. Um, okay. So you know that does a lot for us. Um, you know, practice can be intense. It can be competitive at times. Um, you know, there's really no position where there's competition lacking. Um, you know, we're always too deep everywhere. 
um, you know, and, and then we're able to, you know, look at the lower ranks, whether, um, you know, it's JV or, or even freshman football and see if there's a guy down there that can help us. Um, so when you're drawn, you know, from a, a population of 1600 kids, um, you know, to be one of the starting 22, you know, that, that's, that's pretty significant challenge. So, um, you know, you really have to work hard and take nothing for granted. Yeah, I love it. I love it. That competition just uh, is inspiring to me. I know coaching a, a smaller school out here at Akron High School, you know, if we get 22 guys some years in total, that that's a good that's a good turnout for us. So I just love to see high school kids not being afraid to get out there and compete. You know, some of the times the challenge we have is, you know, if kids don't think they're going to get playing time, they don't even bother coming out. And I just think that speaks to your uh, and your staff's ability to build just a winning culture. I mean, guys want to be part of that program and are willing to get after it and compete. And that's just so great. Coach, what is it about the game of football that you just are just totally engulfed with? What is it? What is it? I think football reveals who you are. Um, you really can't cheat the game. Um, if you don't lift weights, if you don't prepare, if you don't condition – um, chances are you're not going to be successful. And I think the thing about football that um, we really stress to the kids is, listen, you need to handle adversity well. Um, it's not if something bad's going to happen during a game, it's, it's when it happens. Either, you know, there's going to be a penalty, a missed tackle, um, a turnover. So how do you respond to that? Um, so one of the one of the models we have in our program is uh, E plus R equals O. So the E stands for events, the R stands for response, and the O is outcome. So basically when an event happens, your response is going to determine the outcome. Um, so we really preach that to the kids. You know, mental toughness is, is a huge part of the game. And um, you just got to be ready for everything and, and you got to attack it with a positive mindset. Yeah, I think I love that. I might steal that one, Coach. E plus R yeah, equals absolutely. O. That's, that's great. We talk about in basketball, you know, next play mentality. Yeah. You know, and while it's so fluid, basketball is a little bit more fluid, not, not necessarily the same in football where you have an end to each play unless you're really going no huddle. But um, that next play mentality is so huge, I think, in all sports um, to be able to move on from from an event that doesn't really go your way is is so important you think about the game of football like in basketball in our situation kids have that next play a lot i mean then they might get up 10 shots they might get up 12 shots they might get 12 rebounds or steals and assists but they only might have one chance to to catch that touchdown pass uh, how do you deal with a, a young man that that you know maybe is a little down on himself or not not coming up with a big play because in football it could only be one or two times. Yeah. You know, we just always emphasize the positive. Like, you know, we, we talk as a coaching staff, we have like a four to one rule. So if, if you're going to say something negative to a kid, well, you better, you know, build him up four times uh, either before that or immediately after that. Um, because, you know, confidence is everything, especially in a, in a, in a teenager. Um, so we want our, our kids to be confident and, you know, we, we expect them to be successful. 
Coach, I love that. Um, if I could, I might take us in a little bit different direction here. So beyond the ball, other than like the culture in the locker room, a head coach, I think, at your program, a program of your size, has a lot of off-the-field responsibilities, I can only imagine. Um, do you guys have a booster club at Lancaster or any outside groups like that that you have to deal with? And if so, what's your approach to handling uh, those situations. Yeah, we uh, started a booster club uh, last winter, um, you know, and they've been great. Um, you know, they've helped set up, well, at least last year, meat raffles and, and golf tournaments and, you know, things of that nature to uh, really aid in, in the fundraising aspect of it. Um, because, you know, we want to give our kids a lot. And, you know, as much as we fundraise in a given year, we spend that because we, we just think that's fair. If um, So at the end of the year, they get, you know, senior portraits. And uh, last few years, we've been able to buy them, you know, championship garb and and um, have a really nice banquet at the end of the season for the kids. Um, and, you know, it would be very difficult to do without a uh, booster club. So, I, you know, I thank them for their efforts. They're a big part uh, behind the scenes of our program. I know you mentioned a lot of your um, former players are now little loop coaches how else do you make that connection with from your varsity guys to the little loop guys yeah so one of the things that we've been able to do is is we have a youth football camp um where you know our varsity guys actually kind of run the drills for um kids in the town of lancaster who are typically from second grade all the way up until 10th grade um so, you know, our, our players wear their jerseys out there and, um, you know, they get to know the kids. You know, a lot of times the kids come to our games so they know who these players are. And, you know, and, and you know, we just tell our kids, like, listen, uh, you are bigger than you realize. You are a role model. Everything you say, everything you do, how you treat your other teammates, these kids are going to watch and they're going to emulate. Um, you know, because one of the great things about – uh, Lancaster is, you know, on my varsity team, typically 75% of the kids have come from Lancaster, uh, little league football. So we kind of keep it all in the town and it's really fun to watch the kids grow as, as they get older. It's really crazy. Isn't it? How much these little kids, I mean, I think I already always knew that because as athletes, when we were smaller, we did the same thing, but I think as a coach, you really get impressed by, how these little kids do try to emulate even these high school kids. Um, I know my son has, you know, all his buddies are on my varsity squad. So when he's our manager and he's going and rolling with the team, that's like one of his favorite things to do. And he's constantly asking me about, you know, what they're doing and how many points they had and how they do at practice. And it just fuels the next, just fuels the yeah. next generation of athletes. Yeah. And I didn't, I mean, I understood that, but I didn't really get it until having children right. of my own. You know, my, like I said, my daughter's five years old now and, you know, he just, she's watching every single thing that I do or my wife says, especially since we've been quarantined together since March. Sure. It's, it's just like, oh my goodness, they, they really are watching all the time. So coach, real quick, I'm going to jump in then. And since you, you went there, how is your family dynamic? I mean, you've been doing all this varsity coaching while your kids have been born slash growing what's that partnership relationship been like with your wife and 
that process because I know with four kids of my own and both my wife and I working, that's not always an easy task to find that balance. What what approach do you guys take? Yeah, you know, my wife has has been absolutely incredible. Um, when my daughter was born, uh, we made a decision that she was going to stay home with the kids until okay. um, our youngest would start school. Um, so, you know, why that hasn't been really, you know, easy on us financially, but I, I think there's, there's many benefits to doing that. Um, so she's been super supportive, you know, she's not a big sports person herself, but, um, you know, she is super supportive and she understands, you know, the time and commitment that is needed to build a successful program. Um, you know, so she's, she's never complained once about me going to football or having staff meetings on Sundays. Um, so she's been great. Um, but one of the cool things that now that my daughter is getting older is when I can, I like to bring her to practice. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's powerful letting, you know, 50 teenage boys, you know, seeing you in a different role as a father mm-hmm. yep. and, yeah. you know, she walks around and, and gives them high fives and, and I give her a whistle and she was, you know, making them, <laughs> helping them run sprints the one day. Uh, so my daughter, like if you've ever seen Remember the Titans with the coach's daughter, yeah. th- that is my daughter. She has yeah. a very strong personality and, and uh, it, w- it was really fun for her to be out there uh, with the guys. So we try to incorporate the family as much as we can, um, but really I-, I couldn't do this without a, a great wife. That's amazing. Wonderful you know, coach, stuff. Yes. Did, what type of That's questions did come from a five-year-old? <laughs> what was that? I'm sorry. I didn't hear Columbia, go ahead. Go ahead, Justin. All right, I'll, I'll go. Um, sorry for that delay there. We, um, Coach, I was just going to respond with the same thing. I think one of my best memories as an athlete was when my coach brought his son and daughter to my practice. And, uh, you know, I was I was the high school athlete, and um, the, my, I call her my little sister. She was like eight years old. And those connections that you make just even further those relationships with you know, your coach and your athlete relationship as well. And it's the same thing. You know, I walk in with, uh, with my son and all the kids, all the team, the teammates rather shout them up and they like cheer them on and they, they play knockout against each other and heaven forbid that kid, uh, that one kid loses to my son in a game of knockout. Cause then we're just rolling in the jokes, but there's just this fun atmosphere <laughs> all around. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah, I can remember uh, so I missed one practice when I was coaching JV, and that was our for our first sonogram. Um, so I, I got into practice late, and I'm getting changed in the locker room. And on the dry, dry erase board, the kids literally listed possible names for my child. <laughs> they had a boy column and a girl column. And, uh, you know, it was, it was very funny, some of the names that they came up with. Yeah, I mean, the kid- did you go with any of them? Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> no, <okay. laughs> oh, that's so good. I mean, those connections are great. When we had my when we had my daughter, well, it was 2010, 2009. So my son would have been born in 2008. And when he was born, it was my first boy. And I think my entire varsity squad came to the hospital to, to see to see Benny. And it was just it's just incredible when you when you have that's that cool. type of connection with those kids, you know. Yeah, for sure. And uh, my son this year was born August 24th. Okay. Uh, so, it was the first Saturday of yeah. football practice last <laughs> year. So, uh, 
Yeah, four o'clock in the morning. Um, yeah, nice. He was born, so. And then, get, then you get to go hit, right? And then isn't that the first day you get to hit? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we have we, we have like a walkthrough in the morning, and then like six o'clock at night, we have we call it a red white scrimmage. So we okay. we divide the kids into two teams, and we film it. And uh, yeah, it's the first day they can hit. And uh, yeah, I, I didn't make it, but. Uh, <laughs> I was able to, to watch uh, the scrimmage on huddle later that evening on my phone while everybody else yeah. was sleeping in the hospital. Life of a coach. That's it. <laughs> coach, um, we're, running out, we're running up on it here, but I uh, just wanted to ask you, so if coach, if I pick up coach on a Friday night and you guys are at home, what game should we check out this, this upcoming year? Um, you know, I, I think two big ones uh, are always the Orchard Park game and, and the Clarence game for us. Uh, and then you can't go wrong with a good old Lancaster Pew game either. Um, okay. So, Rivalry. Uh, you know, yeah, Orchard Park, um, you know, they beat us by one in the regular season. Then we had a big comeback win in the stadium. Um, so uh, I'm sure that, you know, both teams will be eager to get on the field. And, and then Clarence, kind of similar, uh, beat us by one in overtime in a regular season and then we uh, beat them in the first round of the playoffs. So, um, you know, it, it, it's going to be an awesome battle um, with those two schools. And, and then, you know, Lancaster Pew game just got voted uh, as the number one rivalry game in, in New York state. So there's, there I don't know go. how it's going to look this year, but uh, you know, there's police escorts and it's homecoming <laughs> oh, week and bonfires nice. and, yeah. and, and all that type of thing. So it's, you know, you get five, six thousand people at that game. It's just a yeah. crazy atmosphere. It's certainly something that they won't ever for, forget. No, for sure. There, there's nothing like it. Yeah, so good. All right, so Coach Coach Clump just said we are getting on it, but I got two questions for you. One on the ser- more serious side, well, I guess the other maybe not as serious. So if we are coming to see Lancaster Depew, and Coach and I both like chicken wings, we're from Buffalo, mm. right? So we, we love our wings. Where in yeah. Lancaster, if you feel comfortable sharing, is your spot? Where's your jam to go get some wings? Um, because I got go, I got a place. Because I got a place, but I don't want to share it unless it matches with what you're about to say. See, I'm going to get in trouble here because I have a couple different um, <laughs> restaurants that sponsor our football program. Well, then you can, oh, then you can so, give them shout outs uh, right now. This is for you. There you go. <laughs> So, uh, you know, I, I, I can give you uh, about four or five, but I, I can't pick one for, okay. the, uh, for the sake of uh, me being <laughs> shunned by some of our loyal sponsors. I love it. All right. We'll take them all and then we'll throw them in a hat and pick out of the hat. So if you're going to do pizza with your wings, I would uh, go with Ronnie's, Pizza Heist, or Brick 99. Okay. Those are uh, Big three uh, wings. It, it it's hard to beat sales. Um, yeah. Sales has really good wings. Heard about those? Sales wings are good. That's my spot. That's great. That's great. All right. So now that the silly question is out, uh, I'm gonna ask this, and if you choose to defer, you will you will not be shamed or shunned by by us at all. But when we were on with Coach Stolt, uh, Section Six Chair, he we had talked to him about the. Catholic school, public school matchups, and if we're going to see any of those big time matchups, what's your? Uh, do you have an opinion on that? Do you want to see that happen? Where do you fall? Um, you know, I have mixed feelings. That you know, New York State's playoffs are are kind of weird. The last three years, we've faced a Catholic school in regionals, whether it's right. Aquinas, Aquinas or McQuaid, 
Um, so we, we have played Catholic school the last few years. Um, as far as, you know, keeping it in Western New York, um, it's impossible for us to do it schedule wise because right. there are eight double A teams. So you play everybody once and then you get one free game. And the only way we'd able ever be able to play them would be to cancel our rivalry with Depew, right. which obviously we can't do. Um, you know, I would be open to it in a, you know, regular season or an exhibition game. But, you know, as far as the state playoffs go, I, I do think there should be a separate public bracket and a separate private bracket. That seems to be a common answer. I would agree with you on that front. Basketball, football, baseball. Yeah, I mean. No matter what it, the sport. It's just apples and oranges. You know, I got kids that live, you know, within, I think, Lancaster's maybe like 37 square miles. And then, you know, I, I think you look in the last few years, some of the Catholic schools are, are getting kids from as far away as Ottawa. So, I mean, yeah. it's just, yeah. it, it's, they just have different, you know, abilities and, and yeah. I get it, but um, I don't know that that's, you know, totally fair. Yeah. Or, or not even Ottawa, just Akron and Newfane. To name, sure, to, name yeah. a, to name a couple. So, well, Coach, yeah. listen, I appreciate you uh, answering that, and I appreciate you coming on, man. I I just love what you guys are doing in Lancaster because uh, my wor- wife works there and I'm a fan of sport. Um, definitely Absolutely. paying attention to what you guys are doing. Your basketball team with Coach Otto's doing a lot of big things yeah. too, and uh, it's just fun to see the legends uh, thriving. Thank you very much, guys. I've never done a podcast before, so uh, this was the first one, and I had a lot of fun. All right. Good luck, Coach. We'll, we'll try to get to a game here. Awesome. Thank you very much, guys. All right, Coach. We'll you talk. Thank you for listening to the Beyond the Ball podcast with Coach Eric Klump and Coach Justin Gersten. 